0: As you all know, sharpfootballanalysis.com is the best place for fantasy analysis and betting information. And we just just introduced our late season pricing. You can choose from season long, four week, or weekly packages that best suit your needs for the remainder of the season. Use code SHARP25 for 25% off any product site wide at sharpfootballanalysis.com.
1: Hello, welcome to the Sharp Angles Podcast. I'm Dan Pezuda, joined here by Rich Rebar. Rich, here we go. Week, week 14, we're, we're, we're cruising along. Um, still kind of unclear about really anything that's that's going on. Uh, playoff situations uh, all over the place. This is kind of really when we start hunkering down uh, on these. But uh, before we get into these games, how are you doing this week? Doing great.
0: You know, mid-December, uh, you know, last, last week we talked about Elf on the Shelf. That's still going strong. Uh, we're still running good on ideas. We might, we've we got about two weeks to go still, so we'll see how <laughs> we're, we're running on fumes there. But, yeah, I mean, listen, uh, th- th- scoring is way down in the NFL the past five weeks. I don't know if you saw, like, it's the over the past five weeks, it's the, the worst, basically, passing performance uh, for weeks nine through 13 over the past 15 years. Uh, so we got that going for us.
1: Yeah, I have, unfortunately, uh, watched all of that. Uh, so I, <laughs> yes, yes, can clearly can clearly tell that, uh, that some of these offensive performances have, have not been there. And it, it I mean, it's just kind of interesting when you look around like league wide, there's, you know, a whole bunch of things that have you know, gone into it. You can talk about, you know, the too high stuff we, we talk about every week. There's just, there's not a lot of explosive plays being generated. Uh, just in general. I mean, you've been big on since the beginning of the year, you called it out of the holding was just going to happen. Like holding was not a thing last year. It is now a thing again, that, stops offensive plays from happening there's uh, already more holding the big ones than any than there was all of last year yeah it's just (laughs) we we talked about it the bunch you were highlighting it uh in a lot of things you wrote before the season it's just that the nfl decided to stop call holding and uh, all the the big plays happened yeah yeah there were (laughs) there were a lot of touchdowns um and now we're you know we're getting into uh the time where, you know, uh, Mike Lennon, Jake Fromm are, are throwing passes for for NFL teams, uh, potentially Jake Fromm. Uh, so, you know, that that's always going to uh, hamper scoring just just a little bit, although the Giants couldn't score touchdowns anyway. So uh, I just the Giants in general, I think, just might be a p- part of the reason well why why scoring <laughs> is down. Just just the Giants. It's <laughs> it's like just the, just the Giants. They they can't <laughs> score touchdowns. So it's just going to bring all the league wide scoring all the way down. Um, I saw they haven't had a receiver or running back score a touchdown in five weeks. Why would they? (laughs) (laughs) Why would they? It's not like it's an expensive receiving core or uh, an expensive running back room. I don't know why they would score touchdowns. Uh, So uh, that's the last we can uh, talk about the giants. Um, the show, so let's let's dive into actual you know, fun games. Um, and maybe fun is not going to be the way to talk about this first game because uh, we saw it uh, two weeks ago, and uh, it was a little ugly. And then Baltimore has also been ugly since then uh, in uh, last week. Uh, so here we go, Ravens and Browns. Uh, we kind of talked about it after the game. Cleveland went Baltimore by Baltimore here uh, in their three week stretch. Um, we just saw the Ravens, uh, I mean, that that game in, in general was just the, both quarterbacks doing kind of whatever they could to not win that game. You know, Mark Jackson had the, the four interceptions, uh, and then they kind of came through ugly in the end. Baker Mayfield uh, did not look good. So we're kind of thinking this is probably going to be uh, a little ugly game again, but uh, this this game does matter like quite a bit baltimore was you know the the top seed uh in the afc that dropped down but there's still uh the number uh there's still a the top team in the afc north uh when we look at this but this offense just you know continually just looks like it's getting worse uh the injuries are, are piling up um and it was all on both sides of the ball we we'll go to that two-point conversion decision john harbaugh basically said you know after they lost Marlon Humphrey, which is now he's out for the year. Another cornerback who talks about this all the time when he blitz and play man coverage, you don't have those corners anymore. We talked about that with Marcus Peters. Now you don't have Marcus Peters or Marlon Humphrey. So that is going to be something uh, for Baltimore. Um, but it's just injuries are piling up. And I think we're seeing well, Mark Jackson in the beginning of the year was able to, you know, take advantage of some of those things and really put the team on his back. But over the past couple of weeks, like there's only been so much he can do. And it looks like he's trying a little too hard to put the team on his back. uh, And we're just getting a a lot of ugly football here.
0: We have talked from week, basically week two to this point in the season. If you've listened to the show at all about how the Ravens record was not indicative of the performance on the field. And, you know, some of these things are catching up to him. The high variance plays, the Justin Tucker field goal, you know, the going for and forth that like they had one of those plays go against them last week. And it resulted in a loss, um, but this is a team that's had just—I mean, it's—it's it's, the injury stuff like is, is outside of their control. Uh, some of the performance stuff, like in terms of scheme, though, I think is what they're—they're they're kind of running their head into a brick wall on both both sides of the football. Defensively, they—they they have absolutely may, maybe we've talked about maybe like two to three plays per game where it looks like just nobody knows what's going on. And they have a guy it's, just all along it's insane for for
1: defense you know like no matter who is out there, yeah there's just one at least a play a game where We're somebody's just, yeah. looking at somebody and someone uh, on the opposing team is running wide open it's it's wild
0: and then offensively, this was a team that lived on the vertical pass early in the season and they just right. don't have the offensive line to take yeah. deep shots really right now, or they can't protect the, you know Lamar Jackson to set up any of these vertical balls. And, you know, we, we've seen that, you know, over the past, you know, five weeks, he's got five completions. That throws 15 yards or further downfield. Um, the completion rate has plummeted. I also, they've removed Rashad Bateman's growth completely. I mean, the last two games he's run a pass around 57% of the dropbacks, and then it was down to 38% uh, against the Steelers. And, you know, he had the bad false start penalty, but like we don't need to get Devin Duvernay more reps if you're the Baltimore Ravens, like you need to get Rashad Bateman on the field. Uh, and he, that's not happening now either. Uh, you know, so Sammy Watkins and Devin Duvernay are getting more, more reps. It's really the offense is predicated on just throwing the ball to Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews uh, and then whatever Lamar can kind of get, you know, on the ground and they sprinkle in Devontae Freeman, but even he Devontae Freeman for as good as a story as he's been in context of his career. I mean, he's run for over four yards per carry and one of the past five weeks like they're still not good at running the football like this isn't the ravens of of ravens running attack in the past few years uh so i mean yeah this is a team that is desperately kind of you know kind of was floating on the cachet of their record but hadn't been playing as well as that record indicated throughout basically the entire course of the season we're going to see now if that is going to basically fall in on itself these final 5 weeks
1: yeah and, and it's 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 a little rough out there because they just like, i mean yeah like like you said like it's just especially with the the offensive personnel uh we kinda expected you know every week we're coming on here wondering if um you know, Rashad Bateman was was going to you know improve, and, and like that was the piece of that offense that was missing. And so much during the start of the season, talked about how they they were just spreading out to throw deep. Uh, They don't one just don't have the pieces to do that anymore, um, especially with the offensive line. And if it just kind of feels like Lamar Jackson doesn't have the confidence that that's going to be able to hold up uh, for him. I, I think he's starting to run just a, a little quicker uh than he would have earlier in the season when he wasn't really. Scrambling. Uh, quite as much he was really confident in the pocket uh and he was willing to to stay in there and that was kind of the only thing they had going for them uh and now without that um it's really rough and, and like this schedule does not get e- any easier for them um it's at the browns this week and then packers at the Bengals, uh hosting the rams and then they end against the steelers again so oh, man, they, those um, might have be all us. yeah i it's it's definitely possible uh for you know one of the teams we kind of thought would be good um this is it's really turning and a lot of it has been injuries and a lot of it is you know they had good players that were able to uh kind of cover up some of the deficiencies that they had and i think we're just seeing week after week uh those deficiencies are just kind of becoming more glaring uh they just they, they don't have good passing concepts um to, you know, create space really like Mark Andrews on a post is really like the only thing they have going for them right now. So uh it, it's tough. And then we go over to this other side with with Cleveland. Um, you know, not totally sure whether, you know, that that pass rush is, you know, even in their deficiencies of Baltimore, like you're not always going to be able to just like rush Lamar Jackson. That's not exactly you know how you're going to stop him but if there is then i mean teams have started to just blitz right so you're always going to get that one extra guy at lamar jackson make him think a little quicker and teams have been blitzing him uh, a lot more and um you know, it, it's been working. So I wonder if Cleveland uh, gets that uh, a little bit just to, you know, always have that extra guy, make Lamar Jackson think a, a little quicker. Uh, do I have to start scrambling? Do I have extra time to throw? Is anyone going to be open if I try to throw? Um, and I think we're going to see that. So that's going to be a real interesting dynamic there. And then on offense, you know, like, well, I'm not sure what Cleveland is doing. I'm not sure. Cleveland knows what they're doing right now with the, the Baker Mayfield just still isn't really healthy. Um, you know, that, a play a- action game it isn't working quite, uh, as well a- as you, you know, would like to, um, you know, they want to run 13 personnel. They aren't going to have any tight ends for this game, so they can't really do that. Um, You know, when you look at the running game like that's still working, but for everything that, you know, Baltimore has been injured, like they can still stop the run. So um, I think this is just a real interesting dynamic here on that side of the ball, too.
0: Are you not believing in Miller Forrestall to step up in in the absence
1: of Harrison Bryant and David and Joku? Uh, so that is the first time I've ever heard that name. So I would <laughs> I would say no.
0: <laughs> he is uh he's gonna be the tight end too this week for the Browns, it looks like right. sure. Uh, <laughs> um yeah, I mean the C teams played two weeks ago. I mean, the Browns just got absolutely got nuked in the run game. And that's what the Ravens do. I mean, they saw it to stop the run. They'll get when they do get up runs, they're trunk gains, uh, which is basically how like Mick Chubb lives, anyways. So it'll be interesting to see if they can pop one. It's a very low bar to clear the rushing performance they had in that Sunday night game. I'd expect them to run a little bit better uh, this weekend. I mean, the Browns are, are still kind of in, like, they kind of control everything, right? Because you play the Ravens. They still have the Steelers and Bengals on the schedule. They have the Raiders. Like, I mean, they, they're still kind of, like, in the mix here. And it's not, like, outside of the Patriots game is, like, really the only time, like, they were absolutely, like, horrible. So I mean, it's kind of still in the in like their grasp to kind of back in here now. They don't. They're not a team that like, we expect to do really any real damage here because it all just resides at the end of the day on Baker Mayfield. And you know, Baker's been playing hurt. He's another guy, right? That just like when you talk about like Lamar's confidence, like visibly just not being there. Like where's like May, Mayfield's one of those guys that's always been kind of one of those those guys that resides and like running real high kind on of emotion and like there's just been no confidence from him either. So it's, it's very tough to kind of back either of these teams right now. And maybe uh, the first of two touchdowns wins this game because uh, neither one of them have been able to score. I mean, the Ravens have five touchdowns on 45 drives uh, over the past month. Uh, Cleveland, since week six, is 29th in the league in scoring rate per drive. So this one maybe is just ugly or maybe it ends up just being like a, a slump buster for both teams because both teams have been underperforming so far.
1: Yeah, it's just. Ah, I don't know who who knows. Um, you know, it, I think when you look at what they're what they're doing, I mean, it's, it's super interesting because uh, you know, Cleveland. It, it, the the way they, they want to you know run defense is they, they're using a lot of defensive backs they're using you know the two high shells they're using a lot of you know cover four but do, like do you need that against the Ravens at all <laughs> not really because you're you're not really trying to stop the pass for them um at, at this point so it's just um, it, it, something I guess has to break, but may, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> like you said, maybe it is just uh, this is ugly game, which we kind of saw uh, with Baltimore and Pittsburgh last week. That was uh, a very ugly game that it didn't really, uh, I think, help an, anybody uh, in that, even if Pittsburgh came out with a win, I'm not sure how you know confident they feel in uh, a lot of things they did on either side of the ball either. So um, it. Yeah. I
0: don't know, man. But the big media thinks like the Steelers are like real. So and you know, people are listening to this, they could have already won on Thursday night and, you know, making us again, you know, that, that, you know. that's true. We, we don't know, but I, but, but I, I will say that. I do see a lot of b- big media and, you know, the, the talking heads on TV, like they believe the Steelers are like one of these teams that like you just can't kill, which is true. You can't kill this. Sure, Steelers, Yes. Like, you you cannot <laughs> kill the Steelers. That just that not
1: mean they're, they're good. Right. Uh, So,
0: yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, right now, AFC North, who is the best? Who is the best team? Like right now to you?
1: Cincinnati, I think. Yeah, I still think the Bengals, too, are the best team in that division. Yeah. So let's let's just get into uh, that because uh, they are playing the 49ers, which... It is a really fun game, uh, between you know two teams that uh, are just kind of on the the brink of playoffs. They're both in playoff contention right now. If the playoffs ended uh, this week, they are seated uh, inside. And these are two teams that are still like this far into the season, uh, kind of figuring out uh, what they are uh, a little bit. Well, I think we talked about if start with the San Francisco side was we talking about the, the Jimmy Garoppolo um, but experience here how they were you know riding so good uh, with him and, and getting all of the things like he could do well, everything was schemed up so well and then um, I think I, I described the performance in uh, week in, in first and ten as uh, he played like the quarterback, you'd replace with a third overall pick uh, in that Seattle game and like that's that's what it was like he was he was bad. Uh, the second half the was awful. yeah, it's, yeah, it was absolutely terrible. Um, so I, I, they're still, you know, figuring out some, some things on offense and maybe we see you know, a little more Trey Lance, um, in that. And then the, the Cincinnati game with the chargers was just wild. Um, you know, the chargers go up 22, nothing. The Bengals, uh, fight and, and come back, uh, to, to make it a game. And then the chargers, uh, you know, uh, pull away in the fourth quarter. Um, I think it was like a 33, uh, nothing point differential for the chargers in the first and fourth quarters of that game, um, which uh, was kind of crazy, but in between, you know, Joe Burrow played really well. Um, we, you know, have the the T Higgins breakout uh, again. Um, things are happening there and it's, it's a, a passing game that that is working right now they're they're still figuring out I think they might be relying on the run game a little too much and I think we saw that with the Chargers um they were a a team that was wasn't even selling out for the run uh quite as much because we've kind of talked about how the Chargers have been stacking the box a little more they didn't do that quite as much but they were still able to you know stop Joe Mixon uh last week and that kind of forced uh the the Bengals to pass a little more in in those second and third quarters and that's when everything started working uh, a little bit so um if they like come out and and go pass heavy i think this this might be the way you you beat uh san francisco you know they have that a defensive line that's still working really well and they' got uh, Nick Bosa, um, coming in, you got Eric Armstead. He's been playing well, uh, again. So if you're coming out, I, I think in that quick game, I think that's, that's potentially where, where the Bengals could be their most dangerous. And then that sets up those deep shots that are now going to T Higgins instead of Jamar chase, because there's a little more, uh, you know, defensive, um, you know, focus on, on chase on some of those deep routes, but it, it it's, personally it's not working as well for chase but for the Bengals as a whole because they have these all of these good receivers I think the passing game is still working really well uh, and and they can figure out they can kind of pick uh, which which player they they want to get involved and it's been T Higgins for the last two weeks which you know is it's something you've been talking about for a while
0: I mean the, the Bengals have been a unique team and they, they're still probably not quite there but this is like a big step forward here for them but you know you see they've got a ton of like wins that are by double digits and then they've just got some bad losses uh, so you know, they're still trying to find out like what is that like the balance of like actually just like playing like a regular football game almost in a sense like the close game <laughs> was like the Packers game. But, you know, uh, you know, they, they have what they, they blow out the Ravens, they get blown out by the Browns, they blow out the Raiders, they blow out the Steelers the previous weeks. And they, they really kind of, you know, like I said, they fought back for a period of that game, but like it always felt like the Chargers were still kind of in control of that game due to the start of it. So it was one of those things where like. You know, you just like, you know, you're just mounting back. Like, you're like can we come back? Can we come back to this deep deficit? And then you have the mix and fumble and it just blows, blows it up. And you're like, all right, we're dead. Uh, and that's what happened. So this is uh, a game where like, what kind of, what, what version of the Bengals are we going to get? Uh, I'm with you, man. If you look at like their like pass, pass rate over expectation, you know, they started the season real slow. Then in the middle of the season, it got ramped up. And now like the last three weeks, we're back to like where they're one of the bottom teams in the NFL in terms of like running the ball to like a little bit too much. Um, and when you're, when you're uh, you know, smoking, like, teams like the Raiders and Steelers, it's fine. But, like, last week, there was no reason for them to, like, they, they needed to come out of it uh, a little earlier, especially with how ineffective they were running the football. Uh, so, we'll see kind of what we get with the four Because the 49ers, like, they're not a team, like, you just want to line up and run the football. And they, like, they have deficiencies at in the defense backfield. And you have a clear advantage with Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd. Like, there's no reason for them not to attack. The weakest part of the 49ers defense. I mean, if Gerald Everett didn't like give the 49ers basically (laughs) 17 points in that game, I mean, that that's a route that's a complete route against the Seahawks. Uh, (laughs) So, I mean, I, if I'm the Bengals, I'm looking to go 11 personnel, open this thing up and, you know, really kind of, you know, uh, move the football through the air. But now we have the Joe Burrow finger injury in play. And he's right. probably not going to practice the entire week. I mean, he's a guy that they that will just play, you know, without practicing, but he's probably not going to get any reps all week, which you know, we'll see how he how he plays through that. So that's kind of still just like looming in the uh, you know, in the background. And then this 49ers, like, we just got to see who they put on the field on Sunday at this point. Uh, you know, even in the, the article writing them up at this point of the week, like, we just don't know who's gonna play for him. We know Brandon Ayuk and George Killer are gonna play. Two good players, the rest. We don't know on offense. Like Devo may or may not play. Elijah Mitchell may or not play. Jeff Wilson may or may or not play. Uh, every running back they had basically got hurt in that game last week. So we'll see what the four put on the field. Uh, but I probably have a little more confidence in, like, Shanahan doing the right thing on offense, though, than I do the Bengals at this point.
1: Yeah, it's one of the say. I mean, I think as long as George Kittle plays, if we just kind of go into what he did last week, um, I mean that if there's a more like put the team on your back performance, uh, then, than what the Kittle did, um, just in that game. I mean, it was just, he, he was uncoverable no matter what he was doing, um, the run up the sideline when he somehow was able to stay in bounds, um, when, I think almost any other player would have uh, been out of bounds there. Um, Dude, we have so had I, the
0: huge Kittle Yak
1: play. We, that was it. Like we haven't, we haven't had that yet this year. Yeah, we were, we were just the uh, kind of waiting. And then the, you know, late in the fourth quarter, you got Garoppolo actually, you know, throwing deep down the sideline, which is, you know, the only thing you expect Jimmy Garoppolo not to do. Um, so I think there's that uh, part of the, the passing game that, was opened up a little bit but I I, what the 49ers do is they just they always seem to just have someone who can go off right we're not always sure who it's going to be um yeah and it's not necessarily someone who like it, it should be but you know when Debo's on the field you can have you know the big Debo game even if it's you know while running the ball, George Kittle's on the field. It it can be George Kittle at any time. Like we can have a Brandon IU game at at some point. Um, So I just think the 49ers, that's that's why they're able to to stay afloat right now. uh, Even when there's a lot of things going on in in personnel or or whatever, and you know, that offensive line still playing just incredible. So yeah, there are so many things working on that side of the ball. And um, you know, when you look at just, know what they're doing and they can just stay short right like they they don't have to be pressing uh into like literally anything um because they've been able to keep a, a lot of these games close um they haven't been put into obvious passing situations and sometimes like they have been able to you know just bail themselves out with scheme like even when they are in like a third and seven um there's something that's just going to be open, so you're not really asking Jimmy Garoppolo to take over. Um, it, it's the scheme that's doing it, which is why just San Francisco is just you know continues to to stay in the hunt here. Um, and uh, I'm not sure how well uh, Cincinnati, uh, but can can match up with that for like as as much as we we like some of those guys. Like you know Trey Hendrickson has been incredible, but. I think the the passing game is going to be so quick. It's kind of like the the other side of the Cincinnati is, is the same thing where they're going to get the ball out so quickly. Um, you know whether that pass rush is just going to be you know completely canceled out uh, by just the, the pass design, and that's kind of where where their strength is. And uh, I think you have Jesse Bates on defense who is. Uh, great but like what is what is he defending against san francisco there's not going to be passes thrown you know twenty yards down the field um so do you like play him in the box a little more so i think there's there is a a, a lot of things that are going on and and style styles kind of make fights a little bit, and I think this is a, a real uh interesting way of of how these two teams are going to be going about each other and and luckily it's like one of the one of the games where we do get you know two teams that that are good um and uh, let's just continue on in the uh, in the late window here. Uh, Buffalo and Tampa Bay, I think, is another one of these where we're just getting two really interesting teams that are, are among the better ones in the league, like two, we can, I think are verifiably good. I think we can say that Tampa Bay, definitely oh, Buffalo, um, you know, started out real strong has been up, up and down. I still think from uh, football outsiders variance, they're like the most inconsistent team they've ever tracked. And uh, we've kind of seen that. Uh, I don't, I don't think we have to harp on um, the Monday night game too much. I don't know how anyone is making like sweeping conclusions uh, off that game. Uh, about Buffalo or New England. Um, But I think one thing is, like, if uh, Tampa Bay does want to run the ball a little bit, I I think they can. But also, like, we didn't see what this Buffalo defense is going to really look like without Tredavious White. And if Tampa Bay wants to be the team that tests them uh, of of how strong that pass coverage is uh, without, like, their best player in that secondary, like, they have the ability to do that.
0: Yeah, I mean these are the teams that are they're first and third and you know first down passing rate outside of the fourth quarter, so it could be fun from a you know a fantasy points perspective because we've got two aggressive teams that are going to throw the football. I mean the on on Sunday the the Buccaneers were twenty five percent above pass rate ever, ever expectation
1: John Brady threw 51 passes i was i was looking at it It was like the 20th <laughs> most passes he's ever thrown in a game like he's 44 like you don't need to do that especially I mean, against the falcons like you, you, let you him do. take a break <laughs> you do you just
0: you just keep you keep going baby you just keep throwing we love it we love it bruce arians don't don't change for us uh and we know that this is going to be a pass script for the bills because one they can't run the football against the bucks and this they're they're gonna throw anyway this is gonna be this could be one of those bills games where they have like eight running back rushing attempts or something crazy right like it's potential if the game goes that bad and like you know it it could be one of those things like where the jaguars game like where they just literally hand it off to like a running back seven times they're like yeah this isn't working (laughs) that we can very much see that in play with the Bills this this weekend uh also too i mean you have have, uh, all this thing like josh allen like uh you know teams that have aggressively. Blitz Josh Allen have had a lot of success when they've gotten home, and then when they don't, he, he torches them. Uh, you know, I put the, those, uh, the numbers in the worksheets, the, the Bucks blitz at the highest rate in the NFL. He's faced five other teams in the top ten in blitz rate, and in those games he has blitzed on 36% of his dropbacks. And when against the blitz, 59-7 completion rate, 5.4 yards for pass attempt. But when those teams did not blitz, 68% completion rate, 8.2 yards for pass attempt. Uh, eight touchdown passes, two interceptions. When those teams decided that to dial back the blitz, so it's gonna be so. How wild does Todd Bowles get? How, how wild do how aggressive does he get on Josh Allen? Because um, that that's gonna be a big deal. Because that's been a lot of the volatility with Josh Allen. But Josh Allen's also one of those guys that could he can drop haymakers too. So I'm very excited because uh, anytime too the Bucks have faced a good quarterback this year, the uh, opposing offense has been relatively punched back really well. I mean, you go back to Dak Prescott in week one, uh, Matthew Stafford and, the in the Rams, uh, when they faced them and then Carson Wentz, uh, two weeks ago, uh, those are like the best quarterbacks they faced all season and in, in all of those games, the opposition put up points. So I think this is a game that could be potentially actually play out and be fun. Uh, because we're still, we still like you said, we don't know what the bills actually really are on defense yet. Uh, just Based on the schedule that they face so far this season and some of the uh, you know, the last two weeks with Travis White facing the Saints the rest of that game, who are a terrible offense with Trevor Simeon, they don't really have any good receivers, and then the three passing attempt game on Monday night, so they're gonna face some pass attempts uh, on Sunday,
1: yeah, absolutely. And like <laughs> it's one of those things with Tampa Bay, like we've just kind of talked about it the past couple of weeks, it's it. uh. It's a pick your poison type thing. You're going to have Chris Godwin, uh, in the slot and, you know, uh, Buffalo's had one of the, the better slot corners you're going to have Mike Evans outside, um, and Gronk maybe you just have uh, Gronk that's where I was going (laughs) Gronk Gronk being Gronk like I think we talked about it a couple weeks ago just how important of a player he is just being on the field because he opens up some things when he's running some of those crossers that opens up Godwin in the slot a little bit um that takes a little more uh of the defensive focus from the outside that opens up Evans a little bit but then against the Falcons like it was it was old Gronk and they had um uh there his two touchdowns against uh against the falcons uh the one he was like the the point guy in a in a bunch um and they had uh jalen Hawkins um, who Gronk outweighs by like 70 pounds and Hawkins tried to press him right off the line and Gronk just had none of that uh, and just ran a shallow crosser and it was some yards after the catch and then on, on his second one which was just kind of a, a long fade uh, into the end zone um, they had uh, Eric Harris on him and that, again that's another safety and that's going to be interesting because Buffalo it just uh, Buffalo lives in nickel because that's what they they want to do that's what their personnel is um, so if you have either one of those slot corners or, or a safety uh, coming down uh, on Gronk like as good as those safeties are too and as good as some of those other defensive backs have been for Buffalo like uh, when you just have uh, guys who are you know a 210 maybe uh, playing uh, against Gronk it's just like and he, he can still move right he's like he looks better than he did right now like physically than his last year in New England when he was uh, he was basically a, a sixth offensive lineman uh, for most of the time like he, he is doing uh like vintage gronk things i was going to say old gronk but he, he doesn't he doesn't look like old gronk even um, after he, he didn't vintage look yeah. like this yeah this is way better and um you know he even come like the fact that he like missed some time due to injury and then came back and is now now, now healthy um he, he man he looks so good and that just adds like another dynamic to this passing game and like it's just it, it's so hard like you you need at least the three really good defenders in order to um, in order to slow down this passing. And then like, if those guys are covered, like you will still have a, you know what, Tyler Johnson or a Jalen Darden at some point. And like, they can have a big play at some point. It's just like this Tampa Bay team just feels like it gets like more dangerous by the week.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely believe that the Bucks are still kind of one of the, the and, and they won the Super Bowl, so it's that it's easy to say. But I mean, I would say they're still like definitely the team that's I kind of believe is still in the driver's seat. But the NFC playoffs are gonna be are gonna be fun. The top of them, the bat, the first week of the NFC playoffs are not gonna be fun, but uh, they'll be fun after that uh, because you know we've got them Arizona. I still believe the Rams are good enough still to beat any of these teams. You've got the Packers are really good. So I mean, the top of the NFC is where I believe like the kind of reside the best teams in the NFL reside. Um, and then we've got the AFC trying to figure out what we've yeah, got really I, in the Chiefs. And
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you look at just uh, overall DVOA right now, it, you have the NFC is one, four, five, six, seven, and ten. So it, you know, most mm-hmm. of the teams uh, up. Up top are are and the in Patriots BFC. are two. I'm guessing. Patriots are two. Yeah. yeah, and I
0: mean the Patriots. Listen, I mean I didn't get any answers. I I've been saying like I just wanted. I where's the litmus test? Right. I think that that was anything. the
1: most disappointing part about the right. game. And like we all we all got our jokes <laughs> off and, and we had fun or watching that game but we what we wanted to see in that game and we talked about it heading into it um you know we talked about it for like weeks leading up when the patriots yeah. were playing really well uh but we like kind of wanted them to play somebody um and then we get to that buffalo game and it, it didn't show us anything and like that that was i think the the biggest disappointment of that game that we really didn't see uh exactly what the patriots could do um and what it was going to look like when they finally had uh, a good team to play against and and they're on by this week, but yeah, you know, I guess we'll see it in the next two weeks or, or Colts and bills uh, again. So uh, I guess we'll it'll be, it'll be then.
0: indoors in Indy. So we'll, we won't have any weird, weird things to happen in that one.
1: I mean, it's going to be, you know, a Colts game with, with Carson Wentz. And I, so I think we'll, we'll see something weird happen there. Um, but yeah, so uh, like we, we, we will come back and, and we do get uh Colts on, on a Saturday oh, we're doing that already starting next week. Saturday yeah. I mean,
0: well, listen, I mean, Christmas is coming. I know a lot we get lost in our, like our world of football and the weeks just kind of go off the calendar. It's like, I mean, it's December, December 9th, man. Like Christmas is two weeks away. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> you know, and I, you know, it's it, it, as a, as a parent too, if it were three kids, it's like,
1: Oh yeah, that's like right around the corner. Like. <laughs> yeah. We're, we, we are getting there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we'll. I think so to get back to it, it's an interesting Buffalo bounce back spot to see what they could do because, like, it's potential that you know Buffalo can start, you know, reeling a little bit because, like, they, they don't seem like they have an identity on offense right now, like, they, they don't really know what to do. Like, you would have thought that would have been like a Josh Allen uh, type of run game. Um, because just like relying on what he can do and then like, they, they don't really have like their, their passing concepts are, are not really like the, the same as what they have been uh, in the past. Like you, you don't have Stefan digs, like running, um, like a lot of those curls and comebacks and stuff. They're, they're trying to push the ball down the field a little bit. Like Emmanuel Sanders was like the deep threat, uh, early in the season. And that's not hitting yep. quite as much, um, you know, they're kind of getting Gabriel Davis involved. And like that, the receiving core they had was so good last year because they were spreading everything out and they were using everyone in the right way. But now in the way they um, just aren't, they aren't as focused in what they're doing. So a lot of it kind of seems redundant and they don't have a lot of different skill types. Uh They're not really like relying on some of those like jet sweeps and stuff that they had as as and McKenzie uh, doing last year. Like I loved how they had like everything kind of working in a different way last year. And it's just, it, that hasn't really been the case uh, this year. So it just, it, it it kind of shows that they they don't really have, um, you know, some uh, really anyone outside of digs who can just like go out and and win uh, a rep. And uh, I think that that's really kind of, they held them back uh, just, just a little bit. And I I don't think it gets much easier uh, against the Buccaneers uh, than, you know, you look next and, and, I mean, they play Carolina and next, and for whatever is going on with with the Panthers uh, right now, the defense is still playing well. Um, and then you you have the the Patriots again, so it's going to be a real interesting uh, three week stretch. Well, Buffalo. yeah,
0: record wise, they're now in kind of limbo. You know, it never felt like that at any point in the season when they like when you lose to the Jaguars, it's like ah, it's a, you know whatever. It's yeah, but now you've lost a few games. Now you're, you know, you come into this game seven and five and it's at the the bucks. And if that's lost it's seven and six, and now you're in the quagmire of the AFC where if a couple bounces go your way, like, are you on now on the outside, looking in just by default because everyone else is so jumbled up and you don't want that to happen. Um, Yeah. I mean, we talked it before the season. We did like the ranking show about the bills receivers and I was the lowest on them just because outside of digs, I just didn't know what they had. And, uh, like you said, maybe a scheme and stuff, but like no one else has stepped up like this. You just look over like the past right. month. They're getting nothing out of Beasley or Emmanuel Sanders the last month at all. Gabriel Davis is just a part-time player. They've elevated like Dawson Knox's usage, but like he's not a guy that like has that game-breaking yardage. I think he has one game over 50 yards the whole season. It was that Chiefs game where Daniel Sorensen just decided not to guard him on a play. <laughs> um, I mean, this would, this would feel like a Beasley game. Like when you think like how the Bucks defend... They they play a lot of zone. They blitz a lot, but they play a ton of zone. Uh, They play zone at the fourth highest rate in the league, but they blitz the highest rate in the league. So you think like the holes are going to be like on those quick hitters. Right. And that should be that should be Beasley. Like this should be a big Beasley game. If they're going to dust Beasley off, uh,
1: this would be the week for him to kind of excel. Right. And then uh, like uh, a lot of the offense, like went through Beasley last year, I think, um, you know, uh, among receivers with at least 50 targets last year, like Beasley had the highest uh, rate of plays that produced positive EPA. They would just like spam some of those uh, short targets um, you know, through the slot. And they're just, they're not doing that uh, this year, whether, you know, that's Beasley, that's just not like what the offense is doing. They're trying to, um, you know, force some things downfield uh, a little bit more, Um but yeah, that was, that was a big piece of the offense. They were just able to continually like move the chains in that way. And it just hasn't been the case this year the bucks for, you know, as good as they have been, you know, uh, I mean, Jamel Dean has not practiced yet this week. Um, I think as, you know, as we're recording on Thursday, uh, so we'll see that, that would be bad on the outside corner, but you know, like, you can, you can pick on the bucks in the slot a, a little bit. So, um, yeah yeah, that'll that'll be interesting and just to kind of just see whether the the bills can can adjust and and take advantage of of any weakness that that a defense has i don't really think we we've seen that this year uh from them which is kind of it's been one of the the big hiccups in in how good this team could be relative to what they showed they were last year I mean, you gotta LeBrona go cowboys
0: is- cowboys washington like it's a
1: it's out there. It matters now. Kind of. It, yeah. It, yeah, <laughs> it, I, I, okay. So let's, let's just start in with this Tara Haneke thing, because uh, I've seen a lot of, a lot of things. Um, And he tried very hard to throw that game away. Um. Well, that's like the thing is
0: during this win streak, like, as like, they've had to play like flawless football. They've almost lost all of the games.
1: <laughs> they they have. Um, it was a, uh, yeah, like Terrell Honeke threw an interception on on that last drive, um, on, on that field goal drive. Like it was in the defender's hands, um, and probably would have been like a pick six had it been caught, um, and, and it wasn't like a tough catch either. He, like, it, it was an interception. So I think like that's that's the that's the roller coaster they're they're riding there. Um. You know the, the defense is is playing a, a little better, but like I, I was kind of going through the numbers, and it's not like overwhelmingly better. They've gone from like twenty eighth in EPA per play to like the like eighteenth, which I guess is good enough when you're not like the worst defense in the league anymore, which they kind of were over the past uh, over the the first half of the season. So I mean, it's
0: all uh, just third down stuff, right? Like the, everything on offensive mm-hmm. defense, the turnaround mm-hmm. for Washington has just been their conversion rate on third downs, basically. I mean, yeah. they were 27th in the NFL before the bye and offense on third down conversion rate and their second in the NFL since then. And then defensively top five if they bottom five as well. So it's like literally just all long down and distance variance uh, right now that has kind of turned everything around for them.
1: Yeah. Um, and like that, um, you, can, you don't have to listen to this show for very long to, to know that's not a sustainable way. Uh, to uh, continue production just on third downs, especially if it's both sides of the ball, that makes you uh, completely uh, unreliable. It's not like well, one side is playing well on on early downs, um, and there's a little bit of variance, but like when it's the third downs are carrying both sides of the ball, um, that's it. Uh, not something you can really uh, count on going forward, but right now I think Washington is uh like 55 percent to make the playoffs right now. Uh, sorry, 51 percent uh, per 538. Um, but you know, in, in that bottom all division of, games uh, left, they, they play yes. nothing
0: but NFC East games from here out.
1: yeah. Um, which is Uh, I guess great if you're Washington, but uh, I think that Dallas is is a real interesting side here because they're one of those teams that we would have thought was, you know, at the top uh, of the NFC, but after the past couple weeks, it's been just not nearly, um, and not nearly as good. And I think we, you know, the two weeks ago was they, they had no receivers. Um, but but last week it was just like this offense just has not been been clicking quite as well and like even though they they won against new orleans it was not a very dominant win or a win that like if it was anything other than Taysom hill uh, on the other side like it that it gives you a little more concern there um i think they're 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 trying to, I think, just run Ezekiel Elliott, like, a a little bit. And I think we got carried away a little bit in the beginning of the season where people, like, really thought Tony Pollard should be, like, the lead back. But Ezekiel Elliott was good, like, really good in the first part of the season. Um, But he's been injured, and you have Tony Pollard, so, like, you can let Pollard, you know, take – and some of those reps and let Elliot rest a, a little bit. Um, and I think they've been hesitant to do that. Although I think Mike McCarthy said he wanted to do that. And then Jerry Jones came out before the Thursday game last week. and was like, no, we're giving Ezekiel Elliott a full workload. It's like, <laughs> all right. Um, it just kind of shows you who's, who's making the calls there. So I think there, there's been a bit of a, a disconnect there. Um a little bit the the passing game has not been quite as good i think teams are blitzing Dak prescott um we've talked about this they like he's been one of the most blitz quarterbacks in the league that wasn't working very well for defenses now it is uh, a, a little more that he's kind of a guy that's been like speeding up his process uh, a little bit and they're still you know tr- trying to get healthy uh at wide receiver so um you know, this was an offense that could just like create a big play out of nowhere. And that really just hasn't been the case o- over the past couple weeks.
0: I mean, Dallas, since the bye, they've been a team that have rotated in a lot of guys in and out of the lineup, you know, especially in the offensive yeah. line. Uh, you know, basically any time that they've had to play uh, Terrence Steele, it's not been good. Uh, so anytime he's had to play, things have not gone well. So, I mean, they haven't been able to get their whole offensive line on the field. The receiving core, I mean, they've still only played one full game with, like, a healthy Michael Gallup, Amari Cooper, and CeeDee Lamb, and that was the Falcons game, uh, you know, because Amari came into, you know, last week sick and played only – played limited snaps. Uh, and then you talk about the running game. I mean, it's it, – you know, Zeke Elliott is openly telling people he's hurt, like, openly telling people, like, he's not going to be hurt. Um, and he and he says he, he originally had the original injury in the Carolina game. If you just look at Zeke's box score from the Carolina game on, like it all tracks, like it all tracks. I mean, his past six games, he's got – he's averaging 3.4 yards per carry. Uh, no matter what you think about yards per carry, I mean, he's, he hasn't been running good. He's not dynamic. If you watch Ezekiel play, like you know, any of his touches are dynamic at any level. Um, and he keeps touching the football. So, I mean, it's it's a problem for the offense. So, they, they really – have kind of fallen into like this, uh, you know, unevenness uh, since the bye uh, in terms of health and performance. And it's impacted, you know, Dak too as well. So, I mean, there's still a team that when I would think when they get this offense all together and it's healthy, is still, they're still one of the better offenses in the NFC. Uh, my thing with the Cowboys is just how inconsistent they are defensively. You know, that's always going to be the thing. And it might not, it may not be a problem. It's Washington, but they're always going to be a team that gives up huge plays and relies on turnovers. And when you get into the dance, uh, you can win a game like that, but can you win four games like that? And that's, and that's going to be where it ultimately falls. But cause they're, I think they're, they're still going to coast through here. Uh, this backstretch of the season, Washington is interesting. Cause like this, this brand of football, I'm just never a fan of cause of the fragility no. of it, like the, yeah. the, we're going to control the clock, move the sticks, try to go three plays for every first down it, it, it and when it works, I mean, it, it's fine, but you see like even when it works, it's razor thin, like they're. They 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 almost lose last week to the Raiders. They 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 almost let Seattle backdoor them the week before that. Um, they, the Carolina Panthers, uh, you know, have a shot to, to tie that game at the end of the game. Uh, you know, it, it's it's still like the, it's not like they're 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 aggressive like pushing themselves on the opponent. And anytime that that's like your brand of football, it's hard for me to really believe it, even if you've won four games in a row. Uh, so, I mean, I, I mean, it, it's Taylor Heineken game management mode, still trying to, you know, hang on to wins instead of outright win games. And that's just the brand of football. I really can't support big picture.
1: Yeah. It's just, uh, it's, it's, we're, we're just kind of waiting for that to, to break at any moment and it can, and that's what it looked like in the beginning of this season when they went two and six in the first eight games before they're like that was the bad, uh, version of the bad side of that variance. Um, you know, there, there were still some, you know, Taylor Heineke throws, you know, within that two and six stretch, but just not consistently. And that's kind of new, new what you are and and when you're a passing game that kind of has, you know, one good receiver um, and that's you know, Terry McCord. And he's, still great. Um, and a lot of his catches like have to be contested because like, those are the types of throws that Taylor Heineke uh, is giving, you know, uh, Curtis Samuel, I think is kind of getting on the field sometimes, but not the anything uh, consistently. Now you're uh, without Logan Thomas uh, again, um, so you're going to have to rely on, you know, Ricky Seals Jones at tight ends, um, which like, he's been able to, you know, come out for, for fantasy. Like if you need a, a tight end streamer, like that's uh, who you're, you're going to, but, uh, in terms of like actually running an offense, you know, through the tight end, like uh, that's not exactly what you want to do. Um, it's just, there's, there's just so many moving pieces and it, 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 it's, it's patchwork together, um, and, and not held particularly well um so uh, it could fall apart at, at any moment and, and it, it hasn't over the past couple of weeks and uh, you know some good wins by you know victory but not necessarily like dominant performances where like we should really be taking washington like that seriously um but they, I think they are a team. If you look at like the bottom of the NFC, where they can have that game at any point, right? So it kind of does make them a little dangerous, um, because they they can run on that high side of variance. Although it, with the the extended streak here, uh, not sure how, like how long we can expect that to continue. But um yeah, I mean when when you look at their schedule, when it is all NFC East, and it it's not it's not just the giants, right. It's a Dallas, Philly, Dallas, Philly uh, over the next uh, four weeks. So uh, those are, those are still good teams. And I think we'll, we'll see some better uh, games from Dallas. I think Philly is is still a really good team. So, um, you know, what we're thinking about Washington and this four game win streak could, could easily turn into a four game losing streak uh, with uh, the tough divisional games. Uh, although, I mean, the, you know, the NFC East is, is always going to be uh, a little weird, and we, I don't think we would expect both of those teams to sweep Washington in, in a in a four week span, but I, it it could. Um, yeah, I think it could be. Uh, O oh, and four uh just as easily as it is you know two and two and or four and oh uh for for what we see there so uh, i think this this race is is going to uh, swing wildly i think over the next couple of weeks especially with with all of these backloaded division games which i think we, we've seen for a lot of teams um so uh let's talk about the the really interesting uh division game here uh, finally a good a really good hopefully uh don't jinx don't jinx Oh, okay. The one thing I, I will say that I don't think will be a jinx is I don't think we're going to get snow uh and heavy wind uh inside the dome in in Arizona. Um so we have we have Rams, Rams Cardinals uh Monday night. Uh it's in Arizona. Uh we we got the the return of Kyler Murray, uh kind of last week he, he threw 15 passes because that's all he needed to do um, when but, you face Andy um, Dalton that's all you need to do when you when you get Andy Dalton to throw which is one of the worst interceptions we've seen this season on like the first <laughs> snap of the game uh, yeah it's usually smooth sailing from there um luckily uh, we we won't talk about the, the Sunday night game uh, that much but Justin Fields is back so at least like there's some watchability there right like if it was Andy Dalton like I'm not I'm not expecting good things from Justin Fields, but the, at least like we can, we can see um, if it was Andy Dalton that that would that game just would not be watchable at all. Um, so, but we have Rams Cardinals, and you know, I think we're we're seeing this Cardinals team just like. it's it's good like i I think a lot of people like early in the season we were just kind of like waiting for the bottom to fall out a a little bit because we've kind of you know seen them go on on some hot stretches before we were kind of wondering whether this defense uh, which like didn't completely have the personnel especially like in the secondary we were kind of waiting for them to to fall apart and like this defense is just like really good and it's been consistently good uh over the entire stretch of the season they're they're doing just yeah, really good things and like the guys are, are developing they still have this strong uh defensive line uh that can run like even without jj Watt, like they, they didn't really need jj Watt. like he was a he ended up being a luxury uh, in the beginning part of the season but they can still get pressure uh off the edge they can still push the pocket from the interior a little bit they have their their linebackers that are mixing and matching jordan hicks um after you know being told he wasn't going to start uh, after they drafted, David Collins has turned into one of the best linebackers uh, in the league this year. Uh, their their secondary has just been so good. And then on offense, it's really interesting because the, the first part of the season was, you know, a Kyler, uh, go make a play. Um, Kyler, please go make a play. And that's how they were you know sustaining offense a little bit and it was you know it it was up and down whether that was going to be sustained and then they started you know putting some plays together and and the offensive structure looked a little better and then I think the the Colt McCoy games I think helped them a a lot because then I think Cliff needed to focus a little more on on this structure of the offense so now that like we kind of have that coming in place with Kyler returning is real interesting for what uh the Arizona is going to look like uh for for the second half of the season uh and then you know coming off of our Rams team that needed a get right game and like Jacksonville is the team you want to do and like the Rams did exactly what you would hope they did against Jacksonville they put up a, a whole bunch of points um they had had some deep touchdowns um uh they were able to to run the ball a, a little bit which 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 was nice um so I, I think you know, we're, I think we're, we're going to see, you know, it's two teams who are, uh, you know, playing really well. Um, and I think this is, this is going to be a, a real fun back and forth here.
0: Yeah. I'm excited uh, for this one, obviously, because, you know, two good teams, uh, you know, it's interesting <laughs> is the, the Cardinals. I mean, like we've been talking about like these, uh, you know, awards and who's going to win these awards and, You know, basically now we've backed it. We're like back into like Belichick's coach of the year. I mean, how is Cliff like really not in consideration? As much as we back on Cliff, like he should be coach of the year in my opinion to this point. I mean, I know it's an expectation award, and so like we didn't think the Patriots be that as good as they are. So like that always weighs in. I mean, no one thought the Cardinals would be
1: this good though either.
0: I mean, they're ten and two. They their their two losses are the loss against the Panthers, where where Colt McCoy just was really bad in that game. And they lost to the Packers on a point where they could have won the game at the end the last final play of the game, but they won two or three games with Tyler Murray out. They've been absolutely just kind of cruising through like any of these teams. When these two teams played earlier in the season in SoFi, they smoked the Rams. Like it wasn't even yeah. a game. They they destroyed them. Uh, so I mean, yeah, I feel like you know, we, we were Cliff was the punching bag, but I think he's done a tremendous job this year.
1: Um, no, and- he he absolutely has. And I think part of the hangup was because of like what I said earlier, where it felt like in the first. Couple of weeks of the season, like the offense was Kyler, go make a play and and yeah. please like go make something happen. But over the course of the season, like they're they're structurally so much better uh, than what they were oh, last season. And I think like Cliff has done a really good job uh, of putting that together. And um, I tweeted this um this week. Uh, I mean DeAndre Hopkins has been you know in and out of the lineup, but he's actually been isolated on a higher percentage of his routes this year than he was last year. he has a higher percent of his targets as an isolated receiver this year than he was last year. and we ragged on the offense for being so static when he was isolated last year. but because there's so many other pieces and they're able to finally use those and the combinations are happening better than what they were last yeah, it's not year like it doesn't, it doesn't feel yes, it so it doesn't <laughs> feel like it's a static offense, even though by the numbers, Hopkins has been isolated e- even more than he was last last season, but he is still moving around a little more because there's more pieces. They can, um, you know, have some of those. I think he's, he's running some different routes here. It's not like all goes uh, and things like that uh, on the outside. So it, it just, it doesn't feel as static. So I think they are doing a lot of better things and, and that is part of cliff. So like I, I'm with you and I think uh, some of it was like the fourth down decisions too. Uh, you know, but like we've talked about this cliff was always a very good fourth down decision maker but he had some very high leverage situations where he chose to kick and i think those kind of stuck in people's heads but i think they they've been better at that uh the high leverage ones uh, haven't been there quite as bit and they haven't really needed them right because they've been winning a lot of these games so uh, i'm completely with you that the cliff deserves a, a lot more credit than he's been given this year
0: yeah yeah he's i mean he's been a punching bag for a couple of years but yeah i mean like, but and, and even in the mvp race like you know because maybe the the, the fact that they won two games without Kyler playing hurts him in the voter stances. But I mean, Kyler came right back and he's, he's literally ever almost every metric like proficiency wise, like he's led the entire season yeah, uh, across the board. And, you know, just the efficiency has been there and his plays. Good. We saw him, he, he actually, he looked healthy and he ran on that field that we didn't think, I didn't think like coming into that game. I was like, ah, you know, he hasn't played in a month. Like the field's not great. Like he's not really going to move around and he ran around uh, last week too. Uh, So he looked healthy and if if healthy, Kyler Murray is definitely gonna be scary because early in the season when he was healthy, I mean, he was making plays specifically, if you go back to this game uh, when they played the Rams, I think there was a third and 15 or third and 16 where, the Rams have a clean shot on like a blitz on him and he just literally peels out and runs for the first down. Like, yeah. it's like, it's like, oh, you can't defend it. They did they defended the play perfectly and Kyler beat them. And yep. you know, that that's the, the element that he gives them. So, I mean, maybe two of the Cardinals people are just expecting it to revert. Like there's like, uh, the, you know, the, the belief, they haven't done it yet. So like the belief is until you like prove it to us when it matters. Yeah. Uh, Cause they did lose to the Packers in that Thursday night game, they didn't have Devontae Adams. So You know, maybe that is part of it too, as well. The Rams, um, you know, they've had so many, you know, they've started to stack injuries. And, you know, they, they even get Odell, and he picks up another injury. He, he only plays a limited amount of snaps last week. They, they did meander through the first half of that game against the Jaguars. It was kind of like the first, first half of the game was just like, ah, what are we is, – is this really kind of a problem? Uh, they just didn't throw the, the back, baking pick six that they had the previous three weeks. Right. <laughs> um, but it was – I think at half it was 16-7, right? And then they just – then in the second half, like, we just – the, the Jaguars just – they cannot score. They, they're like we, – we ragged the Giants too, and the Giants are worse than them. But, like, the Jaguars, they, they cannot score points. Like, it is bad. Like, that is a bad, bad, bad offense. Uh, but the, the Rams kind of just, like, meandered through the front half. Of it. They, the interesting thing about the Rams is they've been really slow to get Cooper Cup going. It feels like all his yeah. production comes in the second half of these games. And it's been like that for like a month. He still gets there. The final lines you see, it's like, oh, it's at 11 for 95. But there's always a point in the game where I'm like, where are my Cooper cup catches? Like, what are we doing? Like, why, why is it taking so long? Uh, you know? But Jason. yeah. And then, and then it's <laughs> some
1: of those big plays. And like, I, I don't think we're going to see like what the Jaguars did against him. I mean, the, the one touchdown he had was <laughs> Jacksonville blitzed the slot corner. Off of mm-hmm. of Cooper Cup, and then you like you just leave like a fifteen yard gap between <laughs> uh Cup and wh- what was it like Andrew Wingfield for where um, this safety like for Cup to just make a cut and like w- in like that play does not work on paper. Like I don't know what <laughs> what you're trying to accomplish there by blitzing the slot corner against from Cup and and leaving him one on one against a safety. Um, yeah, there was just there was no angle in which the safety was able, going to be able to make a play on cop. And like, he just like walked in for a touchdown. Um, and then the, the Rams, uh, it snuck cup out on leak, uh, on a boot to the left, uh, and uh, they had Cup uh, go out on the week, and that, w- that was another big play. So I think they are getting uh, – that was, I think, the, the thing that I liked about them uh, in that Jaguars game is that they, they were getting a little more creative, I think, um, and uh, moving the pocket uh, a little bit. Because, like, that's just – the beginning of the season, we saw the Rams, they – they were like, I think McVeigh was so excited that he could like have this empty, like drop back game that pushed the ball down the field. And like, they didn't need to do anything else. So they didn't. Um, And then I think we've kind of seen some of, some of the, the faults uh, in that and the interior of the offensive line hadn't been playing uh, quite as well. So um, I think we'll we'll see a little more under center. I think we'll see a little more play action over the next, you know, a couple of weeks. They'll boot out uh, a little more, um,
0: yeah, that's so, the thing
1: we thought when they were
0: going to get Stafford is was the the sidecar. There was the the one angle of McVeigh has Stafford now, so he can do things that they didn't do. But there was also the other angle, the Stafford angle. I was like, well, now McVeigh with Stafford is going to have Stafford do these things he wasn't doing, like play action stuff. And they actually haven't done that. They they, they haven't used play action. I think what play action right there at the bottom of the league, right? Uh, Stafford's twenty eighth in, in play action drop back rate. And it's like, we thought we were going to get a lot of that. We thought we were going to have a a marriage, right? We thought it'd be more of a marriage. And it's been more of McVeigh using the Stafford strengths instead of, you know, McVeigh incorporating his strengths into Stafford.
1: Yeah. And, and I think we've, like, there's like the, there's some small like analytics things that have been like on, uh, you know, the the Stafford doesn't add like quite as much um, to, to the Rams. And like, I, there's been like, Come on. yeah it was, it, it's Come on. so so dumb um and like <laughs> it's some of it's in jest but like it, it's gone like just so far but like it, and i've seen like it, it that it's like an indictment on stafford that like mcveigh has to go to like the the goth playbook and like that that's not the case like we wanted to see that like that was the point of stafford and i think we we saw the 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 first part of the season, they they didn't need that, um and they were, I think, a little overly reliant on the and how they were able to just drop back and pass because Stafford didn't need uh, the play action. But relying on play action and, and some of those boots and, and some of those open concepts that we saw uh, work really well. It's with, just good football. It, yes, it, like it that's, just, that is what just you should football. be wanting the offense to do. So, like, it's not a. Uh, <laughs> it's not a slight on Stafford if the Rams start running that a little more and like they need to to open up some of the offense like that that's not a bad thing every offense should be yeah, doing that we
0: do it with Shanahan we've done it with uh you know Baker Mayfield and Kevin Stefanski we've done it with Kirk Cousins like it doesn't matter that the schemes elevate those like that's just good football
1: you should yeah, do that and, with and good and quarterbacks too and like yeah <laughs> that, that was part of the point in Stafford is now you put him uh in yeah. that and like that's that's what we saw like when they ran that that weak play like teams that I'm going to, you know, be a parody of myself here, but, um, you know, teams don't run leak while booting to the left, right? Like it's always a boot to the right and weak goes out to the left. So you have the quarterback booting to their strong side. They can turn and, and throw there, but you had, um, you had Stafford booting to the left. You had Coop leaking out. Or Cup, <laughs> I, 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 Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I guess it could be a nickname, but I uh, combined uh, Cooper and and Cup and just made it Coop. Um, I, that's that's way easier. But you had uh, you had Cup, uh, uh, leaking out to the right, a- and you had Stafford. I it was like a you know, I think like twenty six. Uh, air yard throw, but you know, much longer because of where he was relative to the line of scrimmage. And I was just kind of looking it up on SIS like, that's like one of the longest uh plays by air yards on on leak over the past like three years. So you do have Stafford who's able to like take some of those concepts, and now you can like put another level on top of it um and, and that's like what that's what we wanted to see like that was the point of getting matthew stafford so it, it's not a bad thing that they're relying on some of these plays now like that that's that's what we want yeah. um and i think you kind of have to use that a little more that you have you know van jefferson uh and maybe like 80 percent odell beckham but you know still ended up with with a touchdown later in the game um there, then you, you still have, you know, cup doing, you know, uh, Cooper cup things that they're able to do. So I, I, I do expect we're going to see a bounce back from this Rams offense. Uh, I think they'll, they'll be able to rely on a little bit, uh, you know, more of that play action, uh, more of some of that quick game. And then I think that's eventually again, going to open up the, the deep passes that they were killing uh, in early in the season. Um, but I think we, we just have a, a Cardinals defense sort of right now that um Uh, is really good so i I think no matter these are two really good teams and i'm not sure if the rams aren't able to you know completely you know dominate the the cardinals i don't i don't think that like well the uh, way to beat the cardinals on on paper
0: is you know through like explosive run game and we haven't really seen the rams outside of last week we'll see now if it shifts because you know after the game mcveigh was sounded like he wanted to start using both these backs in unison and they wanted to play more power football. So we'll see, that's kind of the one thing, like if you do play Arizona, like that's like their one weakness, like, but they get ahead on teams and teams can't run on them. So that's kind of like the one thing right now, but we'll see if the
1: Rams are a team that's going to acquiesce to that and, and be a power run team.
0: They're not really built to kind of do that either.
1: Yeah. And when you look at it, then Arizona, the third in the uh, pass defense DVOA, away 15th in, in rush defense. So like, again and and their rush defense is is fine right um which which is good enough to be a really good defense um and like you said you, when teams aren't able to run on them you force them to pass but like I, i'm not sure if we're going to get you know any sweeping takeaways from from these two teams either like these are nah. two you know really good teams we just want it to um, be a good game Does that yeah, entertain so, us yes yeah <laughs> absolutely um you know so if, if the rams aren't able to you know have as good of an offensive performance like I don't think that that dooms them for the rest of the season which like I, I feel like if like I'm, I'm already reading like Monday headlines like that's what it would be um and, and I don't think like it, it, even if the other way if if Arizona if the Rams are able to win I don't think that subtly like means they're back and they're like one of the most dominant teams so um yeah I just it is going to be a good game and I think we'll, we'll just it it's going to be nice to watch like two of the best teams, like in this, in this year where we're not sure, you know, which teams are, are good. And we've seen like a lot of ugly football. Uh, it feels like we go into this podcast every week. Like, I don't know what games we're going to talk about because uh, are there two good teams playing each other? And this is objectively one of those matchups that's going to be, you know, real fun to watch. Yeah. This and, and Buck's bills uh,
0: definitely be dialed in on these ones for, for the
1: good football watching. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. So, <laughs> Uh, on that note, uh, we're going to uh, end this show here. You can find all of our work on sharpfootballanalysis.com. If you guys are still hanging in your, your fantasy seasons, um, congratulations to you. Uh, all of Rich's uh, content still up on the website, the, the worksheet. Still uh, tons of information, uh, regardless, I think, of, of whether you're in your fantasy season or not. You should be uh, reading that um, every week. Um, you can find Rich on Twitter at Ward Reeves. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Pesuta. Thank you guys for listening, and we will talk to you again soon. How you sorry, I'm sorry,